Hello, welcome to Life at Your Own Podcast. I'm your host, Will Venus, and this is part two of my interview with Nancy Pearsall. Don't forget to check out part one where she talks all about Lyme disease and the link with autistic burnout. In this bonus episode, me and Nancy are talking all about autistic joy, sharing our experiences of the autistic assessment. So without further ado, enjoy! It's about Lyme. Let's talk about autism. Are you looking forward yes. to this, Nancy? <laughs> <laughs> so you shared before... Um, just a wee while ago how you were diagnosed autistic now let me talk if if it's all right if I can talk about my process yes please well again I was just someone who autism never came into the equation at all never ever and when my husband was getting his assessments the way it worked is he would talk to assessors on his own then I would speak some close to him then we would all get together to chat you know with his mum and a lot of talking and in one of these appointments, the assessor, is that what you would call the person, mm-hmm. I suppose? He said to me, you know, well, you're displaying some autistic traits. And I'm like, what, what do you mean? <laughs> what, 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 what do you mean? What am I doing? I'm, I'm not really saying much. Um, what am I doing? And he said, well, you're doing these things with your nails and your feet and um, all three of you together. Uh the way that you hold conversations, it looks like all three of you are autistic. So wow. it was in that room, it was my husband, me and his mum. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And that was a complete surprise to me. Complete surprise. And then I did that thing where I go away, I digest information and I think, oh, okay. <laughs> so that explains why I did this or why I felt like this in school or why I feel like an alien growing up. Yes. And went through the the whole process, and yeah, I found out I was autistic. Uh, it was nearly two years ago now, Gosh. and it's honestly been one of the most transformative things I've ever done in my life because everything just makes sense. Isn't it a beautiful, beautiful thing? So let me ask you this: when, <laughs> when, when you got the news, when the doctor told you, mm-hmm. did you, did you feel like? How did you feel? I mean, I, I felt like for me part of me I I mean I, I started crying but I also felt like at the same time like I wanted glitter and streamers to come down from yeah. the ceiling <laughs> <laughs> yeah well I mean the guy said to me yes I can confirm you are a brand new shiny autistic and I was like great fantastic <laughs> now I know what's different about me because I've changed the, di- the inner dialogue not what's wrong with me what's mm-hmm. different about me yes. and I went off and then came the all of those missed opportunities all that time that I wasted I- yeah. And I felt so angry at myself. Yeah. And uh, that passed after a few months. And after I had the diagnosis, I'd been going to these, what were they called, post-diagnosis groups. Basically like me and other people who were just diagnosed late, later on in life, i.e. after childhood. And it was so fantastic to learn about like autistic traits, how autism impacts people differently because as you'll know there's no two people that are the same with autism mm-hmm. I mean this is just my opinion but I find that autistic people are some of the most kindest empathic people you'll ever meet mm-hmm. yes yeah and I mean of course you will get one or two minorities but genuinely autistic people all they want to do is give good to the world mm-hmm. yeah now because I mean I don't know if you've seen anything of my YouTube and Instagram. I just share everything. And uh, 
I ditched on my, because I'm a lace wig maker, as I said, and I shared a, a post on my wig page to say it's really important when you're an artist to be visible with your differences and things. And people came to me and said that really helped. And so, yeah, I'm at the moment and probably going forward, I'm very proud to be autistic. I'm I'm so proud to know you and I love how you share. And um, yes, I actually did recently uh, get a massive kick out of the adorable picture of your, your dog son that you posted. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, I, th- I think you're absolutely right. I mean, we... I, I often think about how how what what I share and what other autists share, how that reads, you know, how, how that is interpreted by holistics or neurotypical people, mm-hmm. and how I'm sure it comes across as we're oversharing, we're being too vulnerable, we're being taboo because we're talking about sensitive, personal, highly personal topics, but. It's just, I mean, I personally wouldn't say that being vulnerable is a bad thing. Exactly. Yeah. Like I, I feel like um, maybe perhaps especially for those of us who have been diagnosed or self-identified, whatever, later in life, we have so much kind of truth uh, and experience trapped inside of us. And speaking for yeah. myself, I was always carried so much shame around because of it. And then yes. it's like, again, that like you said, bit. yeah, finding out... Um, I'm not less than, I am different. I'm literally different. And different is not a bad thing. Um, That it's just, you just want to shout shout it from the mountaintops because you want other people to understand. And how else is it going to be easier for future generations if we don't stand up and show up and bear our souls to the world to like, I mean, yeah, of course absolutely. you have to do it safely. You don't want to just be like, this is where I live. This is my address. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> you know what yeah. I, mean? I mean, since your diagnosis, is there anything that you've discovered about yourself? Do you think? Oh gosh. Aside from about 15 different co-occurring physical health conditions. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah. I've discovered that um, little, I mean, just gosh, I guess for the first year and a half, probably after my diagnosis, Every few minutes, I felt like I would stop and literally just stop in my tracks and freeze because yep. I would remember something that happened a long time ago, mm-hmm. and I never knew why I did it. And I would just be like, I just have like the wind knocked out of me, and I'd be like, oh, there's another yeah. moment. Like, yeah. um, but like one thing which I'm actually doing right now is uh, the main way that I stim is that um, I. I I like to take post-it notes, you know, those little like pieces of the sticky, yeah. sticky yeah. notes and uh, press the corners, like run the corners, like um, all around my fingers and the palms of my hand and between my fingers. And Lovely. it's always just been like, it's, it started when I was a kid. I mean, people, I have pictures of me being held like as a small toddler back in the seventies with people wearing these shirts with enormous butterfly collars and I'm sucking my thumb with one hand and the other I'm like holding <laughs> onto the point of the, the of the butterfly collar and I'm running my finger along the pointy edge love that yeah I mean I I sucked my thumb till I was like eight years old and I smoked uh like a chimney over two packs a day for probably over 20 years um wow and yeah looking back on it I was totally I was it was a an oral stim and I was also trying to regulate regulate my breathing Okay. Um, okay. Through smoking. Yeah, there's just there's so many things. How about you? Oh, yes, yeah, so many. I mean, you're talking about flashbacks uh, to 
times gone by. I remember when I was maybe between five and ten or something, I'd be at my grandmother's and she had like, you know how you get curtain or drapes, I suppose you would call them, mm-hmm. type acts, you know, they, mm-hmm. they keep them open. They had these tassels on them and I would sit and play with them and braid them and things. Yeah, yes. So there was, yeah, so there was that. When I would, went to my dad's garage with him because he was a car mechanic, I I would, like, it would be in like this um, yard that was shared with other trades, you know, like uh, carpenters and things, but he was a car mechanic. And I would go around with this bucket and pick up like old spark plugs and twigs and uh, fill this bucket with water and think I was creating a magic potion. <laughs> I love it. And I would yeah. also do that thing. I don't know if you ever saw the, the Skittles advert for Taste of Rainbow. I planted Skittles in the ground thinking it would rain Skittles. Oh my gosh, Will, that is, <laughs> you're freaking me out because literally, oh my God. Okay, that is amazing. But you know what is freaking me out is because I was just about to share another memory and you're freaking me out. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> I used to have these these beads, these little beads that were faceted and you know, when you held them up to the light, they would make little rainbows. They're oh, beautiful, okay. like clear, clear plastic things. And um, my sister and I actually, we would, um, we lived in El Paso at the time. It's, you know, it's a desert. It's out in West Texas. But my mother had a flower bed in the backyard. And at the time, it was just sand. <laughs> okay. She hadn't planted anything yet. So um, we must have just moved in. But I used to take those and bury the beads in the sand and then go digging oh. for them and like find them and like get so excited like like oh. i like a treasure hunt but it's so funny that you you bury the skittles and then you would yeah that just reminds yeah, wait for it to rain skittles yeah that's, so, that's amazing i love i love the way that um yeah i mean our, also, our minds work yeah i mean i if, if i can ask uh, about uh, special interests have you got any of those oh goodness um yeah, uh, writing. I mean, I have some odd ones, but I'll let you go first. Oh my gosh! No, no, no! Please, you, I want to hear you go first. Okay, so I don't know why, don't know why, but ever since I can remember, when I was a child, I had I've had this fascination. <laughs> I don't know why, <laughs> with a brand of extractor fans called Expelliar. Huh. I don't know why I love fans so much. You Never mean like the kind that. of fan that, that blows air? Uh, the extractor fans that suck air from a building and takes it outside. Really? So it's like a little, well, the ones that you get in the UK, they're called Expelliar. And they used to, and this is how specific I get, the ones made in the 80s and 90s I like, with a green blade, it's that specific. Wow. And you would either put them in a wall or a window, pull a cord and the slats would open and the fan comes on. Interesting. Yeah, so there's that one. And... Doors, handles, keys, especially. Mm-hmm. Open, yeah, opening and shutting them all the time as a kid. And vertical blinds. Interesting. Don't know where the fascination comes from, but they, they still, I mean, I've, I've got them in my home today, vertical blinds. Wow. That is <laughs> yeah. so cool. It, it's, it's kind of soothing um, their, their movement when they start sort of bobbing and weaving around. Yeah, and I can also remember at school there was a little control pad because they had an extractor fan when I was in the computing room and you could put this, the speed of it up and down. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, that that that's I know that's very specific, very niche. No, well, that's what we are, right? That's what we do. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, well, let's see. Uh, I do, gosh, um, I love uh, 
I love Owen Wicks, of course. Yes, Wicks, which you are brilliant at. Um, uh, I love finding, uh, like going rock hunting and especially uh, fossils. Um, Okay. And there, there is a very particular type of fossil that's called Exogyra orientina, which is spiral shaped like a ram's horn. And I love it because I love the Fibonacci sequence. And um, I'm Fibonacci sequence. What's that? Yeah, it's like uh, it's a mathematical sequence that um, it's uh, I think sort of the basis for if I'm not wrong, it's a Mandelbrot set. But um, basically, it's um, you know a, a spiral shape like a, a seashell, like a nautilus. Okay. How it spirals. Um, it's sort of the basis for that spiral is um, the Fibonacci sequence. So I I don't know how I could actually describe it. It might be something better off to google but it's um i'm really and it's weird because i'm very bad at math but maybe i like it because it's a pattern yeah, um maybe so that kind of stuff um let's see i've been growing succulents lately and getting very excited when little baby succulents like Lovely. start growing yeah um i love uh, photography and and i i hear poems in my head that i have to basically transcribe oh i love um, that yeah, it's fun, and um, I love listening to uh, music, and uh, my imagination gets flooded. I think it's a synesthesia thing, but my imagination starts to flood with imagery as though a, a music video is being shot in my mind. Wow. Um, if, even Ooh, if I've never... That. it's Yeah, it's super cool, and, and like even if I've never heard the song before, um, it can be kind of frustrating because I can't recreate it to share it with other people. Yeah. But... Um, I mean, I've, I often get these these points. I'm not sure if you feel the same. Like, I'll have an idea, but not know how to get to it. And I yes. get so frustrated because it's such... Because I've got quite a good... I mean, I'm quite a creative person. So I've got quite a lot to share, but I don't know how to get to that sharing point. You know? Yes, I know. Um, yeah, I often feel like my ability to execute projects is yes. shut down by That's my daily word. overwhelm and my executive functioning kind of fritzing out if I don't feel well. Yeah. One day at a time, right? Yeah, absolutely. If there's any, I mean, if there's one thing that anyone listening would like to know is just be kind to yourself. Whoever you yes. are, wherever you're from, whatever your differences are, just be kind to yourself and others. That's really the most important thing. And it's, I mean, I would like to say, I would like to hope that it's the easiest thing to do, but we all have our well, I mean, it, I mean, it's a lot easier to be kind than to hate. <laughs> yeah. If, if it's okay to ask, when you got your diagnosis, how did the people around you take it? Wow, that's a great question. Um, if it's okay to ask, you don't have to answer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm absolutely happy to answer. Well, I mean, my, my parents um, didn't really have a lot to say about it. I think they're still, you know, three and a half years later, still adjusting to the idea, especially because I keep trying to hammer home the... <laughs> The fact that I strongly believe at least my father is and possibly my mother as well. You okay. know, they're an older generation and... and I understand. I mean, sometimes yeah. the, the older generations are not always open Yeah, to... they, they don't spend all their time, you know, going down the rabbit hole on Instagram and learning about yeah. what, what it really is instead of what it isn't. Um, yeah. And so, you know, I, I can understand that. But they're, they, you know, they certainly didn't love me any less. And, and I'm sure on some level that they... That they suspected, um, I, I know that they suspected that I was different going through life. I, I struggled so much with so many things and 
and I, anyway, so that I don't think was a surprise. Um, I have a sister. I, I don't really know what she, uh, what she thought of it. My husband, Johnny, um, I don't know that he was, I think, I don't know. He might've been a little bit shocked because both of us, you know, I mean, neither one of us knew anything about autism, but mm -hmm. he certainly, if anything, he just, he loved me more. Um, and I was oh, so, I love that. Oh, he's just the, he's the best. He's just the most supportive and loving and amazing, gentle and kind person. He is quite like me and I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> he's quite like me. And, and I don't think that we would be together if we weren't very similar, um, in a lot mm -hmm. of ways. <laughs> yeah. That, that's that. I love that. Love Thank that. You. I mean, but how about I you? Mean, well, <laughs> The reactions of people around, around me, it's, it was more along the case, along the lines of, oh, so that's why you're weird. <laughs> you mean fabulous. <laughs> yeah, of course, fabulous. Um, yeah, I mean, I've not had any, any, anything negative. And if there was anything negative, I'd say, well, okay, you don't need to be in my life. Exactly. Goodbye. Exactly. Uh, but I do find that when you grow your confidence and then you assert your confidence to people some people don't like that you are so right and, and it kind of it's like they somehow feel threatened by your confidence, I was just which gonna is say that yeah. yes um yeah I I do feel like um there, there were some people sort of in the periphery of my life who when I you know and they were like co-workers when I told them you know that I was autistic because I was seeking accommodations at work or, or whatever, I, uh, suddenly I felt a wall, a wall come up. Uh, really? Oh yeah. Um, they distanced themselves from me. They were, they kept conversation, which was once very warm and, you know, two-sided. It, it would suddenly, they were very distracted and not able to give me their time. Um, and that's very, you know, it's heartbreaking, but it's also, it, it is, um, but it does say a lot more, a lot more about what they are like, not you. Exactly. And yeah, yeah, that's another thing that I've learned. It's, I don't need to carry people's shame and blame. Right. Yeah. That's been one of the keys for me. That's so important. It really is. And it's, it's easier said than done. I feel like it's. Oh been... yeah, of course. I mean, it's not like you wake up one day and say, yeah, I'm really confident. Let's go out to the world. No, of course it doesn't. Yeah. And to be honest with you, I mean, gosh, and I was telling, and I was having like coffee with a, an autistic friend that lives locally here the other day. And we were talking about this kind of stuff. And, and I was saying, you know, really, it was like up to a year and a half or maybe even two years after my diagnosis, still every, you know, once in a while, I would wake up in the morning or in the middle of the night. And I would just think, I would like start, I would like jolt, you know, bolt upright. And I would think, wait, I'm autistic. <laughs> and still like, I would be shocked. And I would be like, trying to convince myself like, no, this can't possibly be right. Because I have this internalized ableism and messaging yeah. that I've been trying to undo. And, but then I think, well, wait a minute, I've been posting on Instagram for the past however many years and talking to all these autistic people. And They've never once said, "Hey, I don't think you're one of us." <laughs> I think I, I think I belong here. <laughs> yeah, and also, you've hit the nail right on the head. There, no one where you belong, finding your tribe. Yes. Yeah, it's been the best thing, hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's so many great 
advocates out there that just yeah just say it how it is whether they you know whether someone likes it or not mm-hmm. and uh i've kind of learned that i don't need other people to validate my own life experience i have i'm autistic i'm x y and z you either accept it or you don't exactly yeah and if you don't then there's the door and it's yeah, got and a there's great your loss there's your loss and by the way that door has a really cool handle on it <laughs> yeah i wish i could say that about our doors but they're really <laughs> really boring <laughs> come on get with the program you need to change that <laughs> <laughs> so i mean what would you say is your dare i call it autistic superpower what, what would you say is yours Oof. um well i i think that uh the fact that, you know, sometimes I just hear hear a poem come through and then I, I start writing it. That's one. And then I think the the visuals that come when I hear music might be another. Although I also have this. <laughs> so I can be very clumsy at times and, and say I'm reaching on a crowded shelf for an item. It's like my hand might bump something off the shelf. But as it starts to fall, because I'm so hyper vigilant, I catch it midair like wow 90 percent of the time <laughs> oh i wish you were here when i was when i'm dropping things <laughs> how about you um no i'm not sure if it's because of autism or if it's because i'm an empath but despite what all the media and things say i have a deep empathy for people and when i meet someone or perhaps walk past someone in the street i can almost sense what their life is Ooh. yeah and kind of yeah, just relate to what their life might be like. And when I've asked people what their lives are like, I'm often quite right. <laughs> that is very cool. Yeah, so despite what people say, autistic people have a lot of empathy. Absolutely. And a lot of people don't know that there are actually three different types of empathy. And okay. um, there's um, cognitive, compassionate, and... Ooh, one other. Anyway, it's easy to Google, but um, I'll be googling that as soon as we finish. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it. I think it might be the cognitive cognitive empathy that um, a lot of people mistakenly believe that um, autists don't have. It's just that our minds work differently, and we we are definitely probably the most empathic people that I've I've ever met. Yeah, absolutely. Because although we might not always be able to to display our empathy it is absolutely there absolutely i mean and i've talked to so many people that like myself um you know i i even have empathy for inanimate objects oh do, yeah me too yeah. do you relate <laughs> yeah like if something smashes or, th or something i feel very sad yes yeah um, yeah like i um if i if i buy like a a new package of paper like you know uh, dinner napkins at the store and i come home and I take them out of their wrapper and I go to put them in the drawer. If there are already some napkins in there, I have to put those on top because I feel Yeah, like I do the same with tea bags really? when I'm filling I, up the, the, yes. the tea thing. I put the oldest one on the top. Yes, because I feel like <laughs> it would be rude because it's been waiting. So it's been waiting in line, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Love, love that. it. Awesome. <laughs> cool. So um, before we recorded, uh, I asked you if you could bring on a memorable item. Um, could you describe what it is? I would love to. Um, and so for me, it is actually two small items. They are uh, little jars, um, kind of like spice jars. And okay. 
they each hold, <laughs> this is going to sound weird probably to some people, they each hold um, the whiskers from the, the two cats that I had. So I used oh. to have two cats. Um, one was named Jasper, and he lived to be 15. And the other was wow. Laszlo. He lived to be 14. And I had them from the year 2000 to 2018. So they were my best friends, my children, my yep. closest family for 18 years. And anytime either one of them would drop a whisker, I would put it in their little whisker jar. Oh, I love that. <laughs> well, you know, people always made fun of me, but I reasoned that they're, they're kind of like little baby teeth. And I didn't, yeah. I just knew that one day, you know, they they weren't going to be around anymore. Yeah. So I just, um, so I have them, both the jars up here on, on my desk in front of my computer. Oh, I love that. I absolutely love it. And I can imagine that little jar of whiskers will be comforting to you. Yes. I um I often like hold them and like send them love and hope that they receive my message. Oh, honestly, I'm positive that they do. Oh, Thank I you. love that. Thank you. How about you? That, that, honestly, that's one of the most beautiful things I've ever heard. Oh. Um, on, honestly, it is. Uh, the thing that, well, it's not actually in my hand and um, I didn't want to take it out of the cupboard because it's sentimental to me it's a huge silver ball and my mother made it and it's made out of the the like the the peel backs of the silver that used to get in cigarette papers oh wow so it's like, like a huge silver ball it weighs quite a lot that was made out of cigarette papers oh, oh i bet it's that. gorgeous it is it's and it's got lots of lovely dents in it from where it's been dropped and poked and prodded and everything and yeah, it's got life. And yeah, that's my special item. Oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not sure about you. I'm a really sentimental person, so I keep things that have meaning. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah I am that's too. one of the special things. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, you're so welcome. Um, before we uh, depart, I thought just to, you know, make it a little bit fun, uh, lighten the mood, we could do some, well, you could do some quick fire questions, if that's all right. Sure. So... The first question is, what is your current least favourite word? Hmm. Um, job. <laughs> <laughs> job. <laughs> Love that. Um, mine's has to be moderation because that, to me, says boring. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I'm thinking about chocolate here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm right there with you. <laughs> so, leader or follower? Me? Yeah, you. Leader oh, or follower? Goodness. Um, I think it. De I think it's situational. Um, okay. Yeah, and it probably depends on what my hormones are doing. But <laughs> <laughs> um, how about you? I like to think leader. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. I like to think leader. At the moment, uh, it can change from time to time. <laughs> now, thrift store or high-end? Oh, thrift stores are definitely full of more charming. And, um, oh, just, I just, I love, I love everything about a thrift store. However, if it's very dusty or moldy, then from a sensory perspective, it can kind of be off-putting to you know, me. I love how a, a charity shop smells. I love it. I, I mean, again, it, if if it doesn't smell like it depends on the type of smell 
Like, okay. um, cause I could, I could really, really be into it or it could be, uh, just, um, like starting to kind of give me a headache type of thing. But, uh, yeah, I would say like a, a thrift shop. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Uh, vertical or horizontal? <laughs> Boy, um, these are tough. <laughs> <laughs> vertical, I guess. <laughs> me too. <laughs> No, I think I'm going to know the answer you're going to give to this next one. Human or non-human? Non. Same. <laughs> and I think I know the, the, the answer you're going to give for the next one. Beige or bold? Ooh, both. Both? I like together. Okay. I would definitely go for bold. Now, my final question for this podcast. What does life at your own will mean to you? Hmm. Just live balls to the wall. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Uh, Yeah, I'm pretty much the same, having complete autonomy over your life, making your own choices and not feeling threatened or cajoled by anyone. I love it. Love that. Nancy, thank you so much for this pod. It's been an absolute joy and a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much. I have had the best time. Love chatting with you. Thank you, Will. Hi, it's Will. I know you'll have absolutely loved that bonus episode. If you could leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, that would be absolutely fantastic. Don't forget to follow the pod for all future episodes and check out our back catalogue. There's many episodes to choose from now. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you're having a fabulous day. Take care of yourself. Bye.